how would I rate my performance? Um, I don't think it was my worst podcast. I don't think it was my best podcast. But, you know, there's definitely something that we could go to um, now that we're done and, you know, look back at and say, hey, you know, I could improve at this. I could improve at that. So, you know, I'm going to get home and I'm going to look at the film and, you know, we're going to get better for next Monday. Um, it's as simple as that. We're on to Monday. Well, the intro music. Welcome back to the We Can Do Better podcast. I'm Thomas the Jet Martinez, joined alongside Daniel the Dragon Rauschwerger. This is the Quarantine Machine, Scene 3. I'm in Sarasota. Daniel's in Miami. And we got a lot to talk about today, right, Daniel? We got, we got a ton to talk about today, Thomas. So much. I can't even contain myself. I, I don't know how we'll be able to put this into a 30-minute podcast or however long it's going to be. But, you know, let's just get started, Daniel. I don't know you're going to ask you about your day because I'm pretty sure it was as boring as mine. Uh, let's start by talking, Daniel. It's a really interesting topic. Uh, you know, of course, last week, or not last week, we're, we're doing three podcasts a week now. Last episode, we talked about toilet paper rolls. We talked about laundry detergent. Now, we're going to talk about our top five favorite movies of all time. You know, I think it's a great list. Uh, it's a great conversation. We're all stuck at home, and we all have so much of nothing to do that, you know what, here's our mentions, here's our list. Maybe you guys can go ahead and find these movies, watch them, and then let us know if you guys like them or not. Let us know, guys. Uh, you have all the time in the world to watch these movies. Daniel, we're going to go one by one, starting at number five on my list. You know what it is. It's Ratatouille. You know, some people like to contest with me, Daniel. Some people like to say that Ratatouille is not that great of that, a movie. And I'm talking about you, Doris Benjamin. I'm calling you out right now. Uh, Ratatouille is far and away the best Pixar movie ever made. I mean, it's just a story about food, about love of, pa- love of craft, Daniel. It's about love of craft. It's about, you know, anyone can cook, as the saying goes. Um, just saying it myself gives me chills. And, you know, I watch this movie and I instantly want to be in Paris, you know. I instantly want to be at Paris eating at Gustave's, which, you know, of course, uh, restores its five-star rating at the end of the movie. But it's essentially about a rat. It's about a, a rat who learns how to cook, Daniel. Need I say more? I mean, there's there's not much to say other than it pulls on your heartstrings. It gets intense. Sometimes it gets more intense than, you know, the best thrillers there are, Daniel. But at the end of the day, Ratatouille, making Ratatouille, it's Ratatouille. Daniel, yeah. your number five list. My number five on my list, uh, it is going to be The Hateful Eight. Wow. Um, it's a, it, yeah, yeah. It's a... It's a very, very solid movie. Now, listen, is it the best Quentin Tarantino movie? By rankings, no, it's not. A lot of people like Django, you know, or some. A lot of yeah, a lot of people say that Django is really their more most favorite Tarantino movie. Um, for me, it's the Hateful Eight. I just love the storyline. Samuel Jackson is absolutely incredible in that movie. I, I love it when when there's a real plot something and it thickens more and more. And there's always twists and turns in that movie. I remember the first time watching it. There's going to be some spoiler alerts in this in this episode, at least for me. So if you don't want to spoil it, just hear what I, you know, 
my list and then you can continue. But there's a part where somebody is hiding under the floorboards and you think all is going to be well until that man makes an appearance. And it just takes you for a turn every single time. I love how Tarantino makes these movies into chapters. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's always chapters in his movie movies. Uh, Hatefully, I have to say out of the Tarantino movies, it's a guilty pleasure. It's top five for me. It's a great movie for me. Um, Might have dragged on for a little too long, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Well, I I don't know. Did you watch the four hour, uh, the four hour cut of it? (laughs) I might have. Yeah, (laughs) that might have been what happened. Uh, Yeah, I gained at least three years watching that movie. Uh, Anyways, number four on my list. Slumdog Millionaire, Daniel. Slumdog Millionaire. I made you watch it when we were uh, roommates freshman year of college at Jenny Murphy at FSU. As a contestant, Daniel, on the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Jamal, who's the main character, he surprises everybody. This is according to the Wikipedia page, just so you know, you could get a you could get a little hint, you know, a little a little sniff. You could, this this might pass a sniff test for you. So anyways, Jamal surprises everyone by being able to answer every question correctly. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, the interesting thing about the movie is that, so he's going through this contest where he ends up winning a bunch of money at the end, but every single question in the movie, and hey, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about the premise of it, but if you haven't, every single question that he answers correctly, Daniel, it has a direct correlation to something that's happened in his life doesn't doesn't the correlation because i remember i only watched it once like you said we watched it last year in the dorm and every single correlation has to do with this girl right like there's a love interest in yeah this movie Dude. and it's just it's it's a really great movie on um, did it win did it win an oscar yeah it won best picture um but yeah this guy was in love with this girl since they were both like six years old he grew up in a very uh, poor part of mumbai in india and, you know, he meets this little girl when he's like six years old. Uh, he's pretty much away from his family at this point. And, you know, they just grow this lump interest. And then that's pretty much what the movie's about. You know, he just has like, he just like never loses sight of his love for her. So that's like a beautiful other part of this movie. And I, I just find it really cool because I remember he's being like interrogated by some people during the movie because they're like how the hell are you getting all these questions right like you have to be cheating and Mm. they're like i mean like we could have literally like asked him you know who's on the cover of one of their like bills of currency and like the answer would have been gandhi and he wouldn't have known it because it didn't have a correlation to his life but all these other like random things daniel they do i digress you're number four my number four it's uh it's a really great movie um some of you may have might have known this movie, some of you probably watched it. It's Fargo. Fargo by the Coen brothers. And uh, something I'm going to say before we get more into this list, I love the Coen brothers. A lot of people have that kind of director or those directors where if that person or people make a movie, they're going to go and see it. For me, it's the Coen brothers. If the Coen brothers made a movie, I'm going to see it. I don't care if it's as good as Fargo or if it's bad as the Hudsucker Proxy, which is a completely awful movie. If you're looking to watch a really bad movie, watch The Hudsucker Proxy, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about <laughs> Fargo. And if you know, if you know what kind of accent the Fargo people have, it's from Minnesota. 
and it's probably one of the best accents you're going to hear in a movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a thriller. It's a real thriller, and not only is it just anxiety-driven, it has Steve Buscemi in it. Can you ask for anything more? No. No, you, you can't ask for anything more. I mean, this is a movie that takes place in the 1980s in Fargo, Minnesota, with Francis McDormand playing a police officer who's pregnant, and William H. Macy, who gets himself into just a whole mess. It's one of the most phenomenal movies ever, probably the best Coen Brothers movie. Um, however, if you listen, you may know that I may have a different opinion. So with this being said, if you haven't watched Fargo, it's it's a must-see. It's one of those bucket list movies. I just, um, I just love how it never loses sight of like that comedic aspect. Like it doesn't take itself too seriously, but at the end of the day, it's a really serious and it's a very serious story and the end of it is just ridiculous. Anyways, another interesting ending is uh <laughs> my number 3 movie, my favorite sports movie of all time. I had to do it. Yo Adrian, I did it. Rocky. That's right. I'm putting Rocky in there daniel when you think of the modern day sports movie it's all based on rocky it's a very formulaic thing that's why we don't have too many good sports movies nowadays because they're all copying rocky and it's just the ultimate underdog story you know sylvester stallone found that movie to be so good that he decided to make another seven or eight versions of it um so you know he definitely has you know he has a very favorable view of this movie i do too uh it, it's tough. You know, I love Rocky. I love Rocky Four, where he goes to Russia and, you know, fights Ivan Drago and ends the Cold War, as you know, Daniel. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to go with the classic. You know, it's just Rocky versus Apollo Creed. It's this man who's literally his workout is going into like meatpacking um, centers and just punching a bunch of meat and then running down the street. And then somehow, like, these kids start to follow him and run after him, too. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's that's my number three movie of all time, uh, yeah. Daniel. As, as, as Rick Ross said, Nick Rocky, Sylvester Stallone. Number three <laughs> on my list, it's probably one of the best, if not the best superhero movie of all time, Daniel, in my opinion. It's a it's superhero the Dark movie. Knight. Yeah. It's a superhero movie. It's Batman, let's be real. And it was made in 2008 by Christopher Nolan. And this movie is the real deal. Now, listen, I... I like watching superhero movies like Marvel movies and probably not DC movies. I'm not a really big DC fan, but this is the best one there is because they're usually not great movies. Like they're like, oh my gosh, there's so much fun to watch and you have such a connection with them because there's so many. But when a superhero movie wins an Oscar or if anybody in that superhero movie wins an Oscar, you know that it's the real deal because no superhero movie ever wins an Oscar. Listen, The Dark Knight got a 94 on Rotten Tomatoes. It got a 9 out of 10 on IMDb. IMDb and the late great Heath Ledger won an Oscar for the Joker and he set the bar for the Joker like when 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 Joaquin Phoenix played the Joker in the movie the Joker this year and he won right everybody was saying you know is it better than Heath Ledger you know how does it compare and they're two different Jokers you can't say that but that's not the point of this debate right now I'm here to talk about the Dark Knight Christian Bale does a phenomenal job Batman and Bruce Wayne and let me just give you a rundown most people don't understand just how stacked this cast is but when you have Christian Bale 
Gary Oldman, Michael Caine, Heath Ledger, and Morgan Freeman all in the same cast? Get out of town. I mean, you got to be kidding me. All I got to say, Daniel, Heath Ledger, he was better. He was better. I said it. Oh, Um, yeah. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Number two, one of my favorite movie series of all time, and definitely my favorite movie in that series, Casino Royale, Daniel Craig's best performance in a James Bond movie. You know, some people might argue with you that it's Skyfall. But get out of here with that. Uh, Casino Royale, it's it's about two and a half hours. It feels longer because there's just so many different aspects to this movie. I mean, one minute they're in the Bahamas. The next minute they're in Miami. The next minute they're in Europe. They're in the middle of this high-stakes poker game where it's life or death. Millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars are on the line. And it's pretty. It's a pretty interesting idea. I know that it's a remake of a um, previous James Bond movie that I, I actually haven't seen the original Casino Royale. But Daniel, yeah, there's no way that the original is better than this. I mean, I, I gotta say right here, there's no, there's no reason to believe that the original Casino Royale is better than what came out in 2006. Just to begin, just to begin, the opening scene of this movie, Daniel, it's, it's just. Uh, it's Daniel Craig chasing after this guy. They're jumping through construction sites. They're on top of cranes. They're jumping. They're diving. They're shooting at each other. And then he somehow survives. And there's also another point at the movie. Man, I'm just spoiling everything at this point. But yeah, he goes into cardiac arrest in the middle of a poker game because somebody, you know, somebody poisons him. Then he comes back and he wins. He wins, Daniel. Not to mention he's backstabbed at the end of the movie. I'm just going to ruin it for you guys. Uh, but, yeah, this is my probably – if it's not for number one on this list, Daniel, honestly, between number two and number one on my list, it's pretty interchangeable. And I will get to number one on my list, but Casino Royale. I mean, you watch it. I forced you to watch it. It was like fr- it was freshman year. It was like one in the morning because our spring semester last year, we ba- we barely had any classes before like one in the afternoon. So we would just stay up late like as if it was nothing. And <sighs> I can't wait to watch it again. Daniel, you're number two. My number two, it's a classic. Yeah, honestly, just, just going really back to James Bond, it's freaking incredible. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just, and it's such a James Bond movie too, you know? Um, it's the James Bond of the James Bond movies. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, my number two, it's a classic. I had to go there. It's The Godfather, you know, Come on, it's probably one of the most iconic movies of all time, if the most iconic movie of all time. Francis Ford Coppola, are you kidding me? It, it's just incredible. It's like the gangs. It's such a gangster, not even a gangster movie. It's just it's it's a mafia movie, and you just love it. You get so connected to all the characters, and like Al Pacino, he's just incredible. You have Marlon Brando, you have James Kane. Like if you, I don't even need to talk about The Godfather because you know. You come, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. You know, it's you're gonna say something. There's so many classic parts to it, and some people would even argue, as my dad does, because that's his favorite movie series of all time. He thinks that part two is better than part one, but that's a whole another discussion. What I was gonna say, Daniel, is all mafia movies since then owe it all to The Godfather. When you're thinking of Goodfellas, when you're thinking of The Departed, when you're thinking of so many movies since then that have come out that have done incredible successes they all owe it to the godfather yeah no it's incredible and mario puzo he wrote it 
It's the story. I mean, in 1972, they made this movie and it just set the tone. It set the tone. When, there, there's not. When you think of character development, you think of The Godfather. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. It. No. All right. Before we get to number one, Daniel, I want us to go through our honorable mentions. I'll go first. I'll say one. You say one. Number one for me, Daniel. Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. It might be my favorite uh, Tarantino movie of all time. It's between that and Django Unchained. But the reason that I'm import- I'm putting Inglorious Bastards in here is that scene. The first scene of that movie, Daniel, as you know, because I've told you this before, the first scene of that movie is the best opening scene of any movie I've ever watched. I mean, <laughs> it's such an incredible movie, incredible acting in that movie. You know what I'm talking I remember, about. I remember we were, we, were, we were in the apartment and we're sitting there and we were talking about actually the opening for this movie and you had to go to work and you said, hey, it's on Netflix. We, we were like, oh, it's on Netflix. And you said, oh, let's put it on. So we just put it on and we just watched the opening scene and that was it. Yeah. That was it. It's that incredible. It's that incredible. Another incredible, incredible movie, Daniel, that's on your honorable mention list. You got to say it. You got to say I it. I got to say it. It's, uh, it's Toy Story. What? It's Toy Story. Really? Yeah. So it's obviously you had Ratatouille as, you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't like um, animated movies or they get upset because of them. But they're actually really good. They're actually really good movies. Ratatouille, one of my favorite animated movies. And Toy Story, obviously, touched the lives of many. Tom Hanks, are you kidding me? It has like a 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. What? It's insane. It's one of like the only ones. And it's got a special place. It just, it didn't connect me as much as the other movies on this list, which is why I had to leave it out of my top five. What's your next one? That's fair. That's fair. My next one, Daniel... Honestly, I just give so much credit to Richard Linklater, the director of this movie, for putting this together. It was shot over 12 years. It's pretty much the development of somebody's childhood, but it's actually the same actor for 12 years. It's Boyhood. It came out when we were, I believe, freshmen in high school, and it's stuck with me since. It's the story of a kid growing up six years old. His parents get divorced, and it's just him growing up all the way to him driving to college for the first time. And that movie will always stick with me. It just has a special place in my heart. I know it's not like top 10 movie, like classic movies of all time. But when I was making this list, I was just, you know, what are my top five favorite movies, you know? So I had to include Boyhood. What's next for you? Uh, next for me, it, it has to be it has to be Fences. Um, Fences? It, Fences with Denzel Washington, directed by Denzel Washington, screenplay by August Wilson. I, I appreciate films when two characters really just carry the whole thing, you know, because there's so much that goes into being in character and just being there through the entire film and putting it on your back. Listen, not only was Denzel fantastic, but Viola Davis as Rose, I mean, she won. She won the Academy Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. I mean, hands down, one of the best pieces of, of acting in 2016 they got I, the credentials. They got the credentials. I haven't watched it. You know, maybe I will watch it after this. Who knows? Daniel, I actually want you to give your last honorable mention before I do mine. Okay. So, it was tied between two. But, as you know, I haven't said a certain director in this list. And I think he deserves to be in here in some way, shape, or form. And as you all know, the director is Martin Scorsese. 
And a lot of people, you know, they have a lot of favorite films. I know, I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. Some people may say Goodfellas. Oh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> no. Some people may really like The Irishman. Oh, I don't know. Oh. No. No, no, no. No. You know what movie it is? Give it to me. Shark Tale. Yep. It's Shark Tale. It's Shark Tale. <laughs> it's, it's Shark Tale. Honestly, Daniel, now that I'm thinking about it, I got to revise my list because Shark Tale is obviously a better movie than Ratatouille and Toy Story. It's probably the best uh, animated movie of all time. But- oh, without a doubt. I mean, are you, look, look, look. Are you, Will Smith <laughs> is in it. Martin Scorsese is in it. He's in the movie. Yeah. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. That's all I got to say about it. Uh, he didn't even direct it. He's just in it. <laughs> He's just like, in it, yeah. Huh. They, were like, they were like, you know what? Martin Scorsese is so damn brilliant. Just freaking put him in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on to my last honorable mention. It's interesting that I'm putting this one here. No Country for Old Men, Daniel. It's a movie that you told me about. I love that movie. The ending of that movie... When you see it, you're like, what? What just happened? And then you think about it. And then you're like, damn, that's a great ending. This movie, you know, it just, it's almost as if, like, when you when you look back at it, you should have been like, man, I should have guessed that ending. Like, somewhat at least. Like, you know, kind of how it would end. Maybe not in the drastic way that it does. But the twists and turns that it takes <laughs> and some of the writing is insane. I, I mean, anyways... I, I digress, Daniel. I don't want to talk too much about an honorable mention. I want to talk about our number one movies of all time. I'm actually I'm gonna let you go first with this one. Okay, yeah. So it's actually very funny that your last honorable mention will lead into my number one because my number one, like I said before, I'm a big fan of the Coen Brothers, and I have Fargo at number four. Yeah. No Country for Old Men is actually my number one. What? What? Yeah, what? <laughs> Shocking. Oh, incredible. I'm surprised. Yo, really? Yeah. Well, you know, it won the Academy Award for uh, Best Picture. And not only that, but Javier Bardem is, he is the man that makes this movie happen. Basically, this movie is a thriller. Uh, It's about this guy who is in this kind of drug deal situation. And there's a sheriff. This sheriff is played by Lee, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, and he's kind of going on this hunt for this guy who is played by Javier Bardem. His name is Anton to go and kill him because he Anton is he has this this weapon that's made out of like a pressure vacuum or a pressure gun, and that's how he kills people. And it's probably one of the most most like makes the hairs stand up on your back when you see this guy. He's so scary. And the funny thing about this, he is Javier Bardem is so brilliant that he didn't even speak English, proper English, when he came to play this role. So the accent that is in his voice is his real thing. Chills. Chills. I, I, if this movie is on, on TV or anywhere else, or if somebody says, Daniel, you want to watch No Country for Old Men? Yes. Every single time. Yeah, it's all right. Um, number one on my list, a movie that means so much to me. Ever since I've watched it, what, six years ago, it's been number one on my favorite movies of all time. And I don't even make these lists, but I've always like held it in my head that this movie is my favorite movie of all time. Probably the most beautiful movie I've watched. 
when you talk about cinematography, when you talk about something that's both funny, but it also has a great storyline, it has twists and turns. Daniel, if you can't tell by now, I, I like those twists and turns. I like those twists and turns. I like to be surprised about the outcome of a movie. But just just the way that the story is told, um, you know, with the narrator and it having different chapters. And anyways, best movie of all time, according to Thomas Martinez, Thomas and Jet Martinez, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Daniel, I love it. Monsieur Gustav H. He's the famed concierge of the Grand Budapest Hotel. You know, it's wartime in the country. And, you know, it's up to his protege, Zero, uh, Mustafa, to embark on a quest for a priceless Renaissance painting, Daniel. Boy with Apple. Boy with Apple. And Boy you know, with Apple. There's, there's a love story in there. There's just, there's just so many. I feel like every character that's in this movie is so unique that, like, you can't get bored while watching this movie. And if you haven't watched a Wes Anderson movie, watch this one and you will you will come out of this movie thinking i've never watched a movie like that it's i think it's you know the best movie that wes anderson's ever made and he's made two of the best stop motion movies of all time also so you know at grand budapest hotel it's number one for me daniel i think we've talked enough about movies i think we've talked enough about movies and i'm feeling kind of hungry right now i don't know about you i'm i'm feeling pretty hungry you know uh i've been watching a lot of uh, barstool sports and this guy he, uh, he does pizza reviews, right? Yeah. So I was thinking the other day, I was like, you know what? Let me get a, let me get a pizza. Let me get a pizza of this pizza. Yeah, pizza, pizza. You know, Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. Not that good. Would not recommend. Uh, anyways, uh, okay. we ordered a pizza from uh, this place called Manhattan, Chicago. And I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm eating the pizza. And I'm sitting there with my sister and we're eating the pizza. And we're like, yeah, it's good. It's all right. But let me ask you something, thinking, Daniel. Yeah, I, yeah I, ask me something. I've heard of Manhattan Chicago pizza. I've eaten it a few times. Did you get the Manhattan or did you get the Chicago? I got the Manhattan. Well, yeah, you made a mistake. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, Daniel, before I get back to you. When I What I look for in a great pizza, two words. Two words. It, it, it's really this simple. Two words that I look for in a great pizza. Deep dish. That's it. You go to Chicago, you have a deep dish pizza, your life will be changed. And listen, get out of here with this New York thin crust stuff, you know? You see it everywhere, you know? It's like the standard pizza everybody likes. Oh, yeah, New York, New York pizza. Yeah, great. Um, you go to Chicago, your life will be changed because, you know, they're original. It's, it's, you know what it's about, Daniel? It's about what? the layers. It's about the layers. You put the, oh, my God, just thinking about it. You put the cheese and all the toppings, they're actually not toppings, they're bottomings. You put them below the sauce. And it's just a thick pie that you eat that takes like 45 minutes to make because of how thick it is. And you know, part of a Chicago pizza, Daniel, is the anticipation. It's part, it, you know, you're just talking to your family, to your friends, and then it comes out. You take a bite, it's a slice of heaven. I've, I've talked to I've talked to it um, with my parents. I've talked about it with my parents, and we agree that if we were ever to be on death row, our last meal would be a Chicago pizza. But yeah, go ahead. Tell me why you think uh, that that's not the case. Okay, cool. Well, New York style pizza. Let me tell you, deep dish pizza. I feel like after you eat it, you're like, oh, okay. I just need to take a nap. Like I'm done. All right. And listen, listen. 
there's good and bad pizza for everything. There's there's good Chicago pizza, just like there's bad Chicago pizza. And there's good New York pizza, just like there's bad New York pizza. So enough, what I look enough. for in a good pizza, listen, listen, you need a crust, right? You need a crispy crust. I want a, I want a little bite. I want a bite when I bite into that pizza, right? I don't care about the ratio of the cheese to the sauce. Or, oh, is there, I like more cheese. Oh, I, I like more sauce. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care. If it's coal-fired, cool. Whatever. If it's in an oven, cool. Whatever. I don't care. But you need you need a solid crust. That's like the base of the pizza. Because what if you had a Chicago pizza? Let me ask you a question. And you had terrible crust, right? It was just falling apart. You couldn't eat the pizza. <laughs> it's not enjoyable, is it? Yeah, no. It's not. I guess you just don't know about Chicago pizza. Because, you know, honestly, the most important thing for the crust is literally for it to be there, essentially. Like, I, I I don't know what to tell you. Like, the crust isn't that important when you talk about Chicago pizza. You don't go to a Chicago pizza restaurant and think, oh, yeah, I'm going for the crust. I'm going for my life to be changed. And, you know, you talked about how, you know, when you're done with the Chicago pizza, you know, you feel like you have to take a nap. But, you know, you're talking to a Cuban person, somebody whose food of their country is literally food that puts you into a coma after you eat it. My whole life led up to the moment of me trying Chicago pizza for the first time. So, I, you know, ten, Daniel, you're, you're not going to change my mind, buddy. You're not going to change I'm, my mind. I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not asking you to. I'm just, <laughs> I'm telling you what I look for in a good pizza. And I like New York style pizza. So I need a good crust, baby. You hear me? That's it. If I, it's too chewy, no, no, no. I don't like that. I don't like that shit. I, I, I don't know, Daniel. I, I don't need a chicken parmesan for the chicken. I eat it for the, for the cheese on top of the chicken and how it relates to the chicken. And, you know... It's it's about the mix between the two, but you know, I don't know. That was a that was a bad example. But Chicago pizza, Chicago pizza. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it here and say that if I was ever on death row, and I ever needed a last meal, it would be Chicago pizza. So, on that note, Daniel, um, I think I think that's enough. I think we've made enough content for today. I think that we're gonna go to the weekend. We're gonna you know sleep and the level, the intensity of this sleep will be determined by if I get some Chicago pizza taken out this weekend. So we will see. But if not, you know, I'll be I'll be geared up and ready to go for Monday when we will come out with our next episode of the We Can Do Better Quarantine Machine. Daniel, good night. Happy birthday, Marlon Brando.